Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, January 5th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Equities were hit hard on both sides of the Atlantic on Monday. U.S. business leaders push Republicans to accept Joe Biden's victory, and why is China's currency rallying? Plus, the OECD's top economist wants governments to rethink public spending and debt. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. equities yesterday had their worst day since October. Traders were concerned about the new strain of the coronavirus and new lockdowns. The S&P 500 slipped 1.5%. Shares in more than 80% of the companies in the index lost value. Many of those shares were in industries hit hardest by the pandemic, airlines, hotels, cruise ship operators, but the tech-heavy Nasdaq was down 1.5% too. Traders were also jittery about politics. Voters in Georgia head to the polls today in a race that will determine which party controls the U.S. Senate. And tomorrow, Congress meets to confirm Joe Biden's presidential victory. President Trump has been pushing Republicans to block Biden from the White House. Meanwhile, many business leaders, including the head of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, are urging Congress to accept the results. In Europe, Monday was the first day of equities trading since Brexit took effect, and nearly 6 billion euros worth of EU share trading shifted away from London. Trading in equities such as Santander, Deutsche Bank, and Total moved to European exchanges, according to data provider Refinitiv. It was a tough change for investors in London. They had been used to trading shares in Europe without restrictions, and it meant less tax revenue for the UK. Still, the FTSE 100 finished the day nearly 2% higher, though that was before Prime Minister Boris Johnson ordered England into its third lockdown. Now, China's currency is off to a strong start this year. The renminbi has crossed the important threshold of 6.5 per dollar for the first time since mid-2018. One reason for the new strength is that China has the virus under control, and its economy's been able to recover. But as the FT's Katie Martin explains, there are several other factors, too. So one of them is that the dollar is having a really bad run. The dollar is falling across the board, uh, mostly because the, the central bank there has promised to keep interest rates super low for as long as it takes, basically, into 2023, perhaps, to help support the economy get through the pandemic. So everything is higher against the dollar, and the renminbi is no exception. But also, 2020 was a breakthrough year for China markets. So the the CSI 300 stock index rose 27% last year. And bonds in China give investors a much higher return, government bonds, than they do in, say, the US or Europe or the UK. So all of a sudden, an awful lot of investors who've never really considered investing in China before are taking a fresh look at it. So Katie, how big are these inflows and how sustained could they be? So um, there was effectively a trillion renminbi, uh, that's $150 billion worth of inflows into stocks and bonds last year. And really nobody thinks that was a blip. People think that this is the start of really a big acceleration into Chinese markets. Lots of parts of the markets there have joined various global indices, and that really helps to support international inflows into the markets in local currency and into the currency itself. 
But the, but there are political factors too. We hear some currency traders see a Biden administration bringing more stability or predictability, but there are still risks, right? One of the kind of curveballs that could come for China markets that people are looking out for is that it's still not beyond the realms of possibility that there could be fresh tariffs, that there could be new sorts of restrictions between U.S. and China trade. It's a tail risk, but it is a risk nonetheless. And so it's going to be really important to China investors to keep an eye on what Joe Biden says in his first days in office. Thanks, Katie. That's the FT's markets editor, Katie Morton. Governments and central banks have used unprecedented stimulus measures to prop up economies during the pandemic. And one leading economist says, keep up the spending long term. Laurence Boone is the chief economist at the OECD. She spoke to the FT's economics editor, Chris Giles, recently. And Chris joins me now to talk about their conversation. Chris, when you spoke to Ms. Boone, did she think that these stimulus packages have been worth it, even as expensive as they are? Oh, yes, certainly. So absolutely, the particularly the government stimulus programs, which is ultimately what's driving this, the very, very large deficits this year uh, have been entirely worth it. That's exactly, she thinks that's exactly what governments should be doing in a time where there is a global emergency. You need to protect your population. So absolutely no question mark over what governments essentially have been doing in the big stimulus. Uh, well, stimulus is not necessarily the right word for it. It's more sort of insurance, providing insurance for their populations. Mm. So if this is such a no-brainer, uh, what are the risks that Ms. Boone sees for governments as they consider their next steps? Well, the big risk is that we've had these enormous public finance deficits across the advanced economies where governments have been able to borrow and where investors have been willing to finance this and central banks have been willing to finance this. We've had enormous borrowing in the US, UK, European Union, all Japan, all advanced economies. And the concern is that at some point, governments will go back to thinking that they need to get their public finances under control. And of course, at some point, they do need to get their public finances under control, but they'll do it too early. And we almost certainly did it probably too early in the world after the 2008 financial crisis. And the concern is that we'll go back to austerity too early and before economies have properly recovered from this pandemic, thereby creating not only some economic problems, but almost certainly some, she thinks, some sort of popular fight back because it will seem then as if the rich have done too well out of this because assets have been fine, but government is cutting back the public spending that has been rescuing them. Now, Chris, based on what you wrote in your story, it sounds like she has quite a radical solution to this. Yeah, it's and for an international organization, it really is pretty radical. OECD was one of the international organizations that certainly supported austerity after the financial crisis 12 years ago. So she would say, first of all, you've got to get economies back to something like normal and not even think about cutting back on the amount of borrowing you're doing in the short term. So don't go early with any sort of consolidation policy. And then accept that you're going to have much, much more government debt and for a very, very long time. And when I say a very long time, probably in perpetuity, you're probably never going to pay this back. And then think about sustainability in a very long-term context where governments do much more of the 
action for keeping economies on track rather than central banks because they can't when interest rates are basically zero. They accept they've got higher debt and they accept that with low interest rates, you can probably sustain higher debt for a very long time and it's not a problem. You don't have to get it down. Chris Giles is our economics editor. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Bob. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.